0: Welcome to episode 50 of Beers, Business, and Balls, as always, presented by Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It's episode 50, Jake Zimmer and Will Tondo. And what the fuck is going on in the crypto world, first of all? That's going to be the theme of this episode, I think. Um, wow, what a bloody market as we sit here and record this even, you know, a week after the crypto crash. Crazy.
1: It's uh, doesn't make sense. Crypto doesn't make sense. I don't understand the craze. I don't understand what makes it go up. What makes it go down? Nonsense. Nonsense. And
0: Elon Musk is not helping the cause. Well, he's all to blame. <laughs> We're already gonna get into business here. <laughs> let's let's drink some beer before this even before we get into it. Um, I mean. Man, yeah, we'll save our crypto thoughts for later. Um, let's have some beer. Let's get right into it. It's May. It is approaching summer. It's going to be like 80 this week uh, here in Rhode Island. That is cause for some beer. So what did you have this week or any other time?
1: Yeah, no, recently back in Greenport. Shout out the Vandenbergs at Greenport. Harbor Brewery, uh, far out there, one of their very well-known IPAs in recent times. But they have a new collaboration on it, or a new take on at n- new take on it. Excuse me. Uh, it's an imperial double, 8.2%. It's brewed with double doses of Citra mosaic and Mote- Moteca hops. Uh, big and juicy, with notes of tropical melon, ripe orange flesh, and sweet lime. Sweet lime leaf. It's a tongue twister for you, but. Mm. Yeah, they recently started canning it. Uh, Dylan Van Dean, good friend of ours, is was behind the bar, recommending it. Very good brew. Um, definitely liked them double dosing it, including including uh, an additional hop. I believe they actually now include Mosaic in it. And solid beer, solid summer beer, summer, summer fresh, full of flavor, 4.0 out of 5. Mm. Um, I like it. Picked up a four-pack of that. It's always a go-to Greenport. Continues to get better each and every brew.
0: I feel like we have a rotation of five breweries that we just hit on this show. And it's Greenport, Long Live, um, Bad Sons, which I'm about to do again. Treehouse. Treehouse. And then what else am I forgetting? Because we do... I feel like every other episode, it's like, shout out Long Live. Shout out Greenport. We yeah, had, I love it. I mean, we had variety too, but
1: it's kind of like whatever you have until... Now places are opening up, which is great. Not a lot of places need reservations. Um, obviously, Newport gave us a lot of beers from three different breweries uh, that we can now try as well. We, we're going to have a lot more variety one of those weeks. Episode 50, not a big banger, but still some high-quality
0: beers. Yeah, the, these won't be banger beers, and I'll, I'll get on that train, too. Um, I'm going to go Light Rider from our friends at Bad Sons Brewery in Derby, Connecticut. Um, And shout out to Zoppies, too. They both have management shifts now, so good for them. Um, Mark and John Zoppie, go see them at Bad Sons. First of all, total game changer, Bad Sons Brewery is now selling Roseland's Pizza, which is consistently the top five pizza in Connecticut and in some places New England and in some places the nation. Um holy shit. I mean, their pizza is phenomenal. They have five pizzas you can choose from. Just the cheese is fine. Man, Like that's that's why I'm going to Bad son. It's not necessarily for the beer. Um, that being said, they did just change up their recipe with a classic. It's called Light Rider Lager, uh, 5.7%. I don't know what happened over there. The brewer decided that he's going to make the recipes now, which is wonderful. Um, and it has... Lived up to his expectations. I gave Light Rider on January 12th of 2019. I gave it a 3.5. I'm calling it a 3.75 this time. It went up a you know one notch in the ranks, but I'm loving it. Crisp, light, and refreshing with a hint of Chardonnay. That's new. They're, they're hopping it with Chardonnay, basically, in the bottling bucket. 3.75. Uh, That's Light Rider in Bad Sons, Derby, Connecticut. All good stuff from us
1: yeah I mean the wine beer is the wine slash beer combination is now clearly becoming a bigger trend um, and it doesn't really make the beer lighter it just adds it more flavor and we talked to Brendan O'Donnell last week or a couple weeks ago rather uh, in the beer that we had I believe it was a vine, vine intervention and, vine intervention
0: it was the vine intervention
1: and it was the same the same concept so it's definitely an interesting I mean, the science behind that, I'll have to definitely dive more into it, but
0: it's a cool stuff. But what did you mean by when you said the brewer is now doing the recipes? So, yeah, so this is really cool. They had their owners, you know, making the recipes and stuff and then basically having their brewer go execute it. And now I think the brewer spoke up and, you know, said basically, we you know, I want to like, just let me rock, let me do my thing. And they let him do a few beers and the IPAs got drastically better. So I think he might've taken over the beer program there. I mean, which makes logical logical sense.
1: sense. yeah. (laughs) Unless the owners were the brewers and then wanted to handle more of the business side, maybe. But I mean, the whole purpose of, you know, trust the person that's making the product, you got to allow them to have free range with the 2
0: I'd be interested you know, to chefs see- chefs don't,
1: you know, obviously restaurant owners tell the chefs what to do and what yeah. they like, but if a chef says, no, we should include this instead of that, I'm sure I'll take the person that's cooking the food, their opinion over.
0: All right, that's a good point. Like, I, I kind of want to see now what percentage of breweries have the owners, you know, that aren't making the beer, uh, calling the, like, the beer recipe shots versus, like, how many owners that aren't involved, say- brewers you go for it right you i mean tell us what you yeah. think would be good and go for it. it's different for like a tree house that already
1: has its staple recipes and like yeah. more of a a board style it's like a, a collaboration of people putting input and they also have the smaller breweries where it's like your owner is the brewer
0: that in between i don't know those numbers that would be we should look into that because and i feel like if we go back to the people that we've interviewed once we have you know a little bit more data we can probably easily find that out rhode island anyway and see what that breakdown is. I feel like there's a lot of owners that are brewers in Rhode Island. Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked to Nicole, um, Armando, Dedona, long live is, is his own brewer and he's calling the shots there. Right. It's interesting stuff. I mean, you have a company like bad sons that, you know, their beers, not anything to write home about, but it's, you know, their IPAs could use a little juice and that's finally what the brewers are doing, which is, is good. So I'm, I'm here for it. a nice, a better IPA and some Rosalind's fucking pizza, (sighs) sign me up. That's delicious. Let's go into business now. Uh, We talked about this briefly. Cryptos are wild. And obviously they are so volatile on any day, but this crypto crash, as they're calling it, is literally influenced by one man. And his name is Elon Musk. He is building tunnels, cars, and trains all across the nation, but yet he is sending the market into a total frenzy because of the shit he's tweeting. Tesla is not going to accept Bitcoin anymore for the time being while they evaluate their carbon emissions because apparently, you know, Bitcoin burns too much fossil fuel. Dogecoin, that was out of nowhere. A bunch of investors, you know, Dogecoin starts off at a half a cent, goes up to 60 cents. Elon Musk gets on SNL and everybody shorts it and they go down 40% at one point. Dave Portnoy from Barstool picks SafeMoon and calls it a shitcoin, invests 40k in it and says I will not sell this no matter what. He's going to be a sacrificial lamb. So I guess the answer is what the fuck is going on? And what what how do we make sense of all of this crypto stuff?
1: I mean this podcast might as well pick up a fourth letter and make it C because we talk about crypto it's growing it's growing but
0: we have to i mean we have
1: to but it still makes no sense i don't understand it now that there's more information about it it makes me not understand it even more there's now new coins just coming out of the woodworks hoge ash ass ass yeah shibu safe moon all of this stuff you um what's it called ethereum they have like they're at an all-time high, then an all-time low. Bitcoin's at its forty-five thousand when it was almost top and seventy. I don't get it. I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. You have all these people hyping it up and it's not moving that much. And then the second someone talks slightly negative, it it crashes. And it's all just a money a money making scheme. I mean, Elon Musk did that with Doge, like had it at its all-time high, probably sold, tanked it on SNL probably bought back in at a lower price for and it's sure just it going to grow back. Bitcoin, I know for a fact, it's going to come out in the quarter, the earnings for Tesla that they got rid of all of their, their holdings of Bitcoin and it's going to crash and then he's going to buy it when it's back at like 20,000. It makes no
0: sense. So I wonder if now's the time to sell Tesla and buy back in lower, you know, because if you have a position in Tesla still, you probably should have sold it, you know, like two months, like I'm regretting not selling my position no, in Tesla. No, um, because it's going to go back up. That's going to go back up. It's just
1: now. It's just having this like little like tug and pull session of like how high and how low it's going to go. It's always a good time to buy Tesla because it's not in the thousand. It's not in the thousand dollar range yet. It's like back in like the five six hundreds. I guess,
0: but from the point you just made on like if the earnings come out and you know, wouldn't you want to buy more? I I don't know. Tesla's the earnings will come out as a profit. Oh, yeah, I guess. But will these Bitcoins, will this Bitcoin sell off affect the Tesla profit? That's the thing. And that's what I have no idea about how crypto and what, how much of a company's books is crypto, how that affects a, a share price. I don't think we know that yet. Is there data? I don't think so. There's not many companies that do it. That's a thing. Like what, where are we heading with this stuff? Because you have it on the consumer level. We've talked about football players getting paid in Bitcoin and using it at bars and things like that. We haven't talked about it at the enterprise level where Tesla has... How much Bitcoin did they have? They had a lot of it. I don't know how much they had. Um, the bottom line is isn't is crazy. And I, I, I just realized a Shiba Inu coin was... Was the Ethereum founder pumping it up or something? Like that's what this article that I'm looking at says. It's like this He's donated a billion dollars to a COVID nineteen relief fund in India using the Shiba Inu coin. And why that why is there a Shiba Inu coin? First of all, we have that as Dogecoin. It's all memes now. You don't know what's <laughs> you don't know
1: what's real and what's not. The fact that, you know, we have an interview coming in a couple weeks regarding a Dogecoin transaction. We won't really reveal any spoilers, but between whether it's purchasing some sort of tangible item or going to an Oakland A's game or a Dallas Mavericks game, why does this have value? Mm. It, w- it has no backing. It was literally made as a joke, and now it's worth 50 cents. Yeah. It, I, I don't get it. I don't get that. I don't get NFTs. well the concept there, but it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make logical sense. The dollar is
0: going to yeah. be worth nothing. I know. But well, they said that about like, well, I guess they said it about gold and gold kind of is worth nothing now, but I mean, you can't even like pawn gold off. No. It's like gold is basically worthless now. Isn't that crazy? It's like it still has a value. I don't know how much uh, What's the price of gold right now? I think Morning Brew comes out with like those commodities reports too. And those are helpful, but I never look at what the gold price is. You on it? I'm looking before the phone <laughs> dies. I can I can do it too. Um gold A per, uh, uh
1: gold prices per ounce is one thousand eight hundred and forty five dollars.
0: I'm trying to see like Oh, I, I typed in gold on Yahoo and it gave me something kind of whack. Yeah, that's what is that lower than it was or is it higher or what? Like what? I don't even know how to interpret. I
1: mean, it's still an it says it's a plus $17 change. I don't know mm-hmm. what that t- that what that um timeline is, but I'm just looking at it as there's an infinite amount of gold. Or no. Is there? No, no there's, there's I mean not. there's like a, no, there's an infinite amount of crypt some cryptocurrencies. Right, and there's a
0: finite amount of gold.
1: And there's a finite amount of gold. But like Bitcoin also has a finite, but you can mine it. Like that, what doesn't make sense to me, right? It's like obviously gold still has its value because like obviously more and more of it's becoming like jewelry, not the physical bars and stuff. And like, but it's all getting circulated around.
0: Yeah, so it's I think your question is like, where the hell do they determine the value how of how much Like Elon was talking about it on SNL. He was saying that you know Dogecoin has a certain amount of Dogecoin out there until, and it will actualize its value when it's been mined. But how the fuck do you mine it, right? Like, what's this? Who's to say that? All right, you can't mine this anymore because there's no more Dogecoin left. Is it just the way the blockchain works? Is it just like community based? Like, okay, we've hit it. We have to respect it as a community. That's what I think. That's the best theory I've got. I don't know. I don't know the shit. <laughs> and there's crazy. also no regulation to it either. That's the thing about blockchain. There's no... Like, who's regulating this? The SEC doesn't touch this No, stuff. Which is
1: like, it has its pros and cons, but there's no... Like, that's what... I mean, obviously, like, the whole, you know, buzzword of the week is, you know, volatility. But... Uh, I don't know. I'm at a loss of words trying to like talk about this anymore because no matter how much I read or how much people talk about it, it does not make sense. let make you more confused. Definitely doesn't mean like I've never researched something so more so, so often and so frequent and have no
0: answers behind it. It makes no sense. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I think we're still in for a lot of growth with crypto. Like I think weirdly there's still room for it to grow. Oh, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, that's the thing. Because this isn't
1: like, crypto is going to be here for a very long time. And it's going to become a form of actual currency where it's like, the fact that you can see random ass like pizza places on the side of the road saying like, we accept Bitcoin. It's like, like what, a point zero 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 five of a Bitcoin to buy mm-hmm. a slice of pizza? Well, what is that point zero 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 five gonna be worth in ten years? Yeah. If Bitcoin three years ago was worth a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars now hitting a peak of
0: sixty, close to seventy in three years later. And that's interesting too, because if they start if we see more Bitcoin transactions in the world, then do they have to and we talked about this with our guests that will run soon, but it's do they have to honor the bitcoin price or the dollar price and if it's the bitcoin price then we're getting into a little bit of a scary world because like to your point what's that bitcoin going to be worth in a year or two and then does a slice of pizza go up with it so if there's no regulation what is the tax on it on capital gains and i i don't know the holdings of crypto there's crypto tax codes and there's no regulation exactly so the sec taxes your capital gains but they don't regulate like what they don't regulate the blockchain that's why there's I, I, no influence on it but why do i still have to pay taxes that's the thing i that's what i can't answer i have no stupid. idea stupid why do we have to pay taxes on if, if yeah, yeah that's actually a damn that's a good point why do you have to pay taxes on a capital gain on something that's not regulated by the sec um i'm not smart enough if anyone's smart enough let us know we have to bring Zaid back on. <laughs> it makes no sense. I feel like every time we bring Zaid back on, we get it for like five seconds. And then, and then something new happens. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, what the fuck? Oh, man. Um, uh, this frustrates me. But we've, we've got room to grow with Bitcoin, for sure. That's my opinion. And all cryptos. So we'll see. Buckle up, people. Market is in a different way. The, the overall market... Losing a lot of is credibility the right word? It's just it's down. The market's down um, in a way that we haven't seen in, in quite a bit. Actually, it's been it's been a while. It's been about a year since we've seen this bad uh, of a market. Um, IPOs are losing a lot of confidence too. That this was an interesting one from Robinhood Snacks. IPOs were a big thing. We were talking about them, Q3 and Q4. There were a lot of companies that IPO'd. You wrote a great article on Bumble a few months ago and how they IPO'd. Um, IPOs were raising over $100 billion to start off the year, and now momentum has cooled way off. Bumble and Coinbase have really struggled lately. Um, Here.com and Enact Holdings both some pretty popular IPOs. They both delayed because they just don't want to IPO right now, and honestly, I don't blame them at all with what's going on in the market. Coinbase is an interesting one because that should be
1: having much more success. Shouldn't they be having a field day? It should be like, and it started off so high too and kept rocketing. But especially with all this cryptocurrency again that we have to bring this oh, up. Fuck. But I mean, <laughs> I we it should ones. be it should be it should be reflecting in the price in terms of. I mean, it's not a not a not smart move to not IPO right now. If you have the capabilities in a year or so, obviously you don't know what, what the world's gonna look like, but wait a year and maybe profit
0: a little bit more, who knows? So Coinbase opened at 328 and they're like, they've just consistently been down, which is weird. Like If you have one of the major platforms to trade crypto on, wouldn't you be like booming right now? Maybe people don't think to invest in it. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But, like, the market as a whole is just bloody, and there's obviously with everything going on, not only in the world and the country itself,
0: but just the whole shitstorm of confusion. Yeah. I'm reading something now, and it's Coinbase is going to sell its debt, and that's making people uneasy. But that was, like, public info, like, the first day. Right. And now they, I guess... So they didn't go in
1: as, Coinbase didn't actually go in as an IPO. Oh yeah, they were, it was all debt, right? It was, um, the term is blanking on me, but they did, it's, it's I mean, they IPO'd, right. but it's not through the IPO avenue. Oh shit, we talked about
0: this. Yeah, I forgot what it was. It was the way that you don't, you, right, right. They, but it involves the debt. Yes and now they're going to sell this debt which is making people uneasy. I don't know. Yeah, they shouldn't they've called that before. Like it if, was public info. Right. And that's a thing. It's like if it's public info then why is why is it reacting so poorly? That's what this is all so crazy. This is also so subjective. Um yeah, I mean, my, if I'm a big company like that IPOing, I don't want to do it at this point. Like I'm I'll hold off. Give me a couple of weeks before. I mean, we were just talked about commodities. Prices are up like twenty five percent on yeah. all of that gas, oil, uh, Food, lumber. We just looked fifty five percent. What? Crazy. All since January, too. Change of president definitely affected it for sure. I think you know more. Or, you know more or less confidence in foreign markets. You know we're not a political show, obviously, but it's we're just calling it like we see it. Reacting to, to certain policy changes, to certain world events like Israel and Palestine right now, it's, it's going crazy.
1: It's going to be curious to see what the automotive stocks look like in a couple months when gas is too high Mm -hmm. and they have to people are going to just stop selling their they're going to start selling their vehicles
0: i agree that's a very good point ford's up quite a bit lately um electric vehicle stocks are and all of these companies are going to ev Mm -hmm. so that could help it it definitely will Uh, that's what i think business It's crazy stuff. Uh, The stock market will never fail to amuse us. That is one thing for sure. Let's get into this this week's guest. The Rangers fans will be very happy. Big Apple, stand up. New York Rangers prospect, Brett Berard. He is, how old did he say he is? 19? 19. He's four or five years younger than us. That's scary. (laughs) Man. Um, Brett Berard's with us this week. East Greenwich, Rhode Island native. Caught up with him from his dorm room at PC uh, to talk about his hockey journey so far and wants to come to, Brett has a really interesting background, uh, time with the USA National Hockey Development Team, um, and that that was when he was in high school. So he left high school to go and play for a development program, Uh, talk about being born and raised in a hockey family, uh, choosing between his dad's program at Holy Cross and PC, and also winning a gold medal. He's a gold medal victor. They just beat Slovakia and among a few other teams in the USA Under-20 Junior Championship. Give up the whole interview, why don't you? Or let Give them the listen. The whole interview? It's the, let them listen. <laughs> it's a preface. you got to hook him in somehow. Let them listen. He's a gold medalist. So that, That's worth bringing him his, up. His skills speak for himself. Yes, let's they him do. Let's let's hop in. You know what? Fine. Brett Perard from the New York Rangers. Hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, with us
1: this week, we have some hockey royalty in Rhode Island. Uh East Greenwich, Rhode Island native, a bishop Bishop Hendricken alum, uh Providence Friar currently. He's also a prospect for the New York Rangers and the twenty twenty one gold medal medal winner for Team USA under twenties. Brett Barard joins the show. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? good good we cannot complain um, i mean you have quite the resume for such a young guys you know you're, you what are you 19 20
2: <laughs> 18
1: 18. Oh so yeah, God. <laughs> 18, just killing the game. So, I mean, let's just start back to the early life and we'll go through your resume throughout. So you come from a big hockey family. There's no doubt about that. And a big PC family too. I mean, both your parents attended, but your father, David, obviously played and coached there and your brother Brady, I believe is a commit as well. Um, how much friendly family competition do you have at uh, the dinner table?
2: Yeah, it's uh. There's been a lot of competition growing up. My brother, he's only 18 months younger than I am, so we're pretty close in age. And it's nice having him around the house. And no matter what we do, we're always trying to beat each other and win and have those bragging rights for however long until our next battle is. But um, I don't like you said. We grew up in a hockey family. My mom played field hockey at Providence College. My dad was a uh, was a goalie here and then coached here for 17 years. And um, I mean, yeah, it's just it's nice being close to home. But um, I mean, it's like you said, it's nice to have my brother too with that competition factor. And uh, I mean, yeah, my family's been so supportive and everything I've done. So it's happy to have those people in my life.
0: So we don't talk a ton of hockey on this show. I think there's a lot of people that are like, what do these kids do after high school? Like, you know, they go and play and for all they know, they go play abroad for five or six years, come back and then, you know, start off college as, you know, 25 year olds. Right. So, so you started off at Bishop Hendrickson, you then went to the national team development program, uh, played a couple of seasons there. So what was that, you know, what was your entry into PC? Like, you know, what did those years in between high school and and Providence college look like for you? And what were you up to?
2: Yeah. So uh, like you said, I went to Hendrickson, my, uh, my freshman year and that was kind of a dream of mine just growing up, going to Hendrickson, my dad and his brothers went there and they all played <laughs> hockey there. So um, it was kind of, that was kind of my first dream that I was able to accomplish was, go to Hendrick and play hockey there. Um, and then during the year, I just, uh, I guess I got noticed and I got asked to go try out for the National League Development Program. And I guess the timing kind of stunked. I ended up having to uh, miss the state championship that that year for, for hockey at Hendricken, But, um, I mean, it ended up all working out in the end. So my uh, sophomore and junior year, I went out to Plymouth, Michigan, and played for the uh, NTDP. Um, and then there, uh, I mean, I just tried to develop and get better um, at hockey and try to, just grow and get stronger and stuff. Um, when I was out there, I made the decision to accelerate, so I did my uh, junior and senior year in one year, uh, my second year out in the program, so allowing me to accelerate and come here a year early. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a crazy few years for me, and uh, I mean, I'm happy I'm finally here and living out this dream. So, kind of just taking one day at a time and see where it puts me.
0: Do you think as a high school student, you understood what that? What that jump was from, you know, having only really been to high school for like a couple of months at that point, probably, you know, do you, did you understand that change? And what what do you
2: think was the most difficult part of doing that? Um, at Hendrickson, I mean, it was kind of, it was nice. It was just kind of, I don't know, getting used to the, to the, uh, to the high school feel and stuff. And then in Michigan, it was a whole new aspect of it. I was living away from home and by myself for the first time in my life. So that was definitely a challenge, but, um, it definitely helped me mature, and I think it made the transition into college a lot easier just because of those experiences that I went through out there in Michigan for the two years that I was there.
1: So, yeah, I mean, while you were there, um, you played two seasons, as we mentioned. The one season, 2019-2020, you are ranked third in the team with scoring with 34 points. Um, and then along comes the college decision. So you are obviously a highly touted prospect, but the big two names for colleges were obviously PC and Holy Cross. Um, you obviously chose PC, but what was that decision? Like, I mean, um, you know, there's obviously two looming factors right there on why those two schools, which we'll have you explain in a second and kind of give us the decision making process on like why you chose PC and what swayed you over, um, not only Holy Cross, but other schools.
2: Yeah. So like you said, Holy Cross is obviously they're obviously in the mix just because my dad was the coach there would be pretty cool to play. That typically helps. right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but no, I, uh, I committed, uh, to Providence college, um, the summer of going into my freshman year. So I was only like 14, 15 years old when I, when I committed. So I was, I was pretty young, but, um, I mean, I guess the decision just came down to, I mean, I was, I was close to home. Both my parents went there and, um, I don't know, and they're, they're obviously a top, top college school, co- top college hockey school in the country. So, um, I mean, I don't know, it kind of all just fell right into place and, when I got the opportunity to come here, I, it was hard to say no. And uh, I'm happy I'm finally here. It's been a long time, but um, this year flew by really fast. So looking forward to next year.
0: So Nate Lehman has got to be a big part of why you chose Providence college too. Um, is that dude, the, the coldest hockey coach in the, the hockey East or what? I mean, like he, the reviews on him are so great. Everyone that's played for him says he's a national championship professional coach down the line. You know, forget the, forget college. He's already got one ring, obviously, um, in the hunt for two. You guys are right there these past couple of years. What are some of the biggest things, biggest things that you learned from him? Maybe it's a lesson or skill, or maybe it's just something that you're going to take away and and kind of move on with your career with.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's, he's a great guy. He's an even better coach. And, um, I mean, I couldn't be happier that I was, uh, I'm with him this year and I couldn't be happy that I got to share the uh, gold medal with him as he was our coach in uh, Edmonton there. But, um, I mean, yeah, I guess the biggest thing this year he taught me was just kind of how much harder college hockey is than junior hockey from the past couple of years. Um, Maybe I came in and thought it was going to be a little easier than I expected, but um, he was definitely there to uh, encourage me and work with me to get better, and I think that, uh, I mean, he's just a really positive guy, and he's also someone that um, if I do something wrong, I want to be told I'm doing something wrong because that's how I believe I'll be getting better. So, um, I mean, he fits he checks all the boxes um, that I look for in a coach. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy that uh, I'll be with him for the next few years.
1: And you talk about like the talent in college hockey. Um, we're just looking at your background right now. Obviously you have your friend, uh, Chase <laughs> hanging his jersey, <laughs> yeah, his, uh, jersey <laughs> hanging up. But you know, my question, it's kind of like the hard hitting question. What is in the water at Providence college? Because you guys are always breeding NHL prospects. I mean, Just in, you know, recent time and people you've played with, you had obviously um, Dugan on the Knights, Callahan to the Coyotes, uh, Crozier to the Lightning.
0: Maradjus is on the
2: Islanders.
1: Mirage is on the Islanders. Uh, Monaghan and Thompson are both devils. So like yourself included as well with the Rangers. Like, so what is in the water? What is that secret sauce that produces, you know, that level to that next step where, you know, professional teams are like, hey, Providence College is a watering hole for, you know, talented players.
2: Yeah, I mean, um I guess the I guess the number one thing is that I guess it's just how much everyone here cares for each other and we're kinda like a family. So whether it be in the weight room and practice in a game, we're always looking out for each other and um I think that obviously goes a long way. And uh, I think just the worth work ethic and the compete that this program has established is just carries on by the next guys that keep coming in. So um I mean, I don't know, I just think that coach Lehman has set a good foundation down on what he expects and everyone fulfills that expectation every single day. So, um, I mean, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing of why this, uh, this program has been so successful.
0: Aside from the professional development and whatnot that you get from coach Lehman, are there any like memorable stories? It could be something like funny or ridiculous that he said, like, what, what kind of guy is, is coach Lehman outside the, the, the locker room in the, in the rink? Um,
2: don't you don't have to throw him under the bus if you don't want to either. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I've only been with him for only a year, but um, I mean, I guess just the one memorable moment that we've had so far, is just that that gold medal uh, this past year at World Juniors. Um, I mean, outside of the rink, he's, he's a normal guy. You wouldn't even be able to know he's a coach, but um, inside the rink when it's business he he means business he's trying to trying to win so um i mean he's a, like i said this whole time he's a great coach and he's a great person so um
0: yeah he's one of those guys that i think i was walking in to to do one of your games uh on the radio and i i think it, i like i was wearing his mask so i thought it was him and he looks at me and just goes what's up man i'm like oh all right <laughs> like exactly. nice.
2: that's, that's just who he is so um <laughs> yeah he's he's really friendly in there I mean, that makes it a lot better too, showing up to the rink every day, knowing that you're going to be coached by someone like that.
0: And before we dive into your gold medal, because we definitely want to talk about Team USA and all your success there. Um, do you have any favorite PC memory or maybe a game or something like that to this point uh, a year in? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's got to be my first goal against BU. Um, I mean, like I said, it's always been a dream of mine to come to Providence College. And then, and then in that first goal, against BU. um, That was, that was really special. It was definitely something I'll be remembering for, for a long time.
1: So already at 18 years old, you fulfilled the dream of going to your dream school and now let's head to another dream. I mean, you landed the gold medal uh, for the under 20 team. Talk about that process in the middle of COVID too. Like how, like for, for many people, like we were surprised that like a tournament like that, like this even took place. So kind of describe like what went down in the coming months uh, to prepare for this tournament in the midst of a pandemic?
2: Yeah, so um, first, it started off with the uh, the tryout. Um, it was actually the day right after the draft ended. It was October 7th is when we went out for a tryout, just like a tryout camp. And then we um, went out there for, it was about a week long, and then played, uh, played a few games in college. And then that second tryout opportunity was, uh, I think it was the beginning of December. And then that's when the whole the whole process started, and uh, I went out there. Second trial was about a week long. Um, I mean, mass everywhere, no fans, so it's pretty. Uh, it was pretty crazy to get used to playing with no fans and stuff. But um, then from there, I I made the team, and then we went right up to Edmonton. Um, and I was there for like twenty five days, maybe twenty eight days, just in a hotel, um, going to the rink. You can only go you can only go from right to the room to the meal room where you have all your food and then to the rink so it's really mass all the time so it was really unique but um no roommates so it's got pretty boring at times but uh, <laughs> um I mean yeah it was it was crazy and then obviously playing in that rink with no fans like a huge huge rink up in Edmonton and there's no one there so it was pretty quiet it was I don't know but I wouldn't trade it for the world it was it was pretty cool that we were able to get it done but um it was definitely one of the crazier experiences I've ever had. And it was definitely a long time away from home. It was ended up being about a month, a little over a month total. So, um, I mean, it was, it was crazy, but uh, like I said, it was really fun.
0: So I think everyone wants to hear about your goal now too. Um, you guys are playing Slovakia. You're, you're going to beat them at this point. Everybody knows it. You ended up throttling them 11 to nothing and you just get the puck, we've got the video in front of us right now, you get the puck, you go legitimately coast to coast, you burn like three defenders, you deke the goalie, go left, how satisfying is that, and like, what was going through your mind as you get up and celebrate?
2: Yeah, um, I don't know, that was, yeah, I don't even like, remember it, half of it, I just, kind <laughs> like, picking up the puck and just, just going, I don't, I don't know, I just try to use my speed and just get around the guy and um, just stay to the back post, and I guess that's what happened, I scored, and yeah, I guess I really couldn't celebrate too much as it was the eighth goal and the. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I was I do I just got kind of the chills and um. I mean, it was it was fun. I wish my parents and family were there to witness it in person, but they obviously saw it on TV. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was that was a crazy experience. And it was uh, it was really fun. And you slammed right into the wall right after the goal. Yeah, so <laughs> I definitely heard a little bit. So I yeah. come back a little bit. While I didn't celebrate, but uh, uh. No, it was it was good. It was it was really fun.
1: So going a little backtrack too, um, over the summer and right before, obviously the you know the Team USA win. You were drafted by the Rangers, uh, round five, pick one thirty four in the entry level draft. Uh, People refer to you as the tiger on the ice quickness with you had quickness with skill and tenaciousness. Um, How cool was that moment? I mean, obviously there's always been buzz, you know, being a PC player uh, you obviously, you know, have built up a, a, a career to get drafted. Obviously that's the main goal for your hockey experience, but how cool was that moment being like, okay, you know, the draft's coming up. It's a team that's still local to the area. And then you finally hear your name being called.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was a really special day and a really special moment. Um, I was able to, I mean, I, I live in East Cranford Island, so it's only about 15 minutes from Providence. So I was able to go home and spend the day with my mom and dad. I wish, wish my brother was there, but he was out in uh, Michigan at the uh, NTDP where I was. But um, I mean, I was just happy. I was able to be home with those two people that have sacrificed so much uh, my whole life. And they've just been doing everything for me, whether it be my mom driving me and my brother to practices and games or, well, my dad's been coaching or my dad just coaching me and my brother, just trying to get us better out on the driveway even or on the ice whenever uh, we have an off day from school or he'll, he'll let us skip a day of school here and there to bring us to the rink and skate. But, um, yeah, it was it was it was a really special moment. I was very happy I could have been with those two people. So
1: have you ever been to the garden?
2: I have never been to the garden, no. Wow. I know. What was
1: your team growing up? Were you a, were you a Bruins fan?
2: I was a Bruins fan. My, yeah. my mom works for Samsonite luggage and they were a uh, sponsorship of the Bruins. So we always had season tickets. So grew up just going to those games and yeah, it was, I've always been a Bruins fan, but
0: we won't post this to the Rangers message <laughs> boards because it'll crucify yeah. you. So,
2: <laughs> No,
0: thanks. We won't throw you to the wolves. Oh man. Um, just taking a step back from all of this, you know, it just genuinely, like, the first thing that comes to your mind, what are you most excited about to to go put on that Rangers jersey? I'm sure it elicits a lot of emotion and just happiness of, of how far that you've come. But, like, without even thought, what are you most excited about?
2: Uh, I mean, probably just making it to the NHL, I guess. Like I guess that's every every kid that plays hockey's dream is to just get to that level and put on an NHL sweater one day. And, um, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the only thing I can think of right now is just – that kind of fulfillment that i've been working for my whole life so um i mean hopefully that day will come sooner than later but uh i guess keep putting in the work and see what happens
0: yeah you got work to do man you uh he's got years <laughs> I mean, he's 18 he's living he's living <laughs> life right now at 18 not bad at all um so
1: what does this summer and this upcoming season look like i mean you just said you had finals coming up this week we wish you best of luck with that uh don't envy you at all though m- no. don't miss that shit whatsoever <laughs> um well, you know, what, what does this summer look like and what does the upcoming season look like for you and your routine, your preparation, and so on?
2: Yes, yeah, so this summer, I mean, I, I work out in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Um, it's just at a hockey rink and uh, they have a gym upstairs. So I've just been working out there the past few summers and mm-hmm. I just try to get bigger and stronger. I'm kind of on the mm-hmm. smaller side, but uh, I can definitely get stronger. So that's a big focus of mine. And then I'll do uh, some skill sessions and skating this summer with uh, with my skating coach and um like I said, just try to get better and stuff and prepare as much as I can for this this upcoming season and hopefully I get another crack at the uh, world Juniors. I still got one more year left, so um hopefully those uh those tryouts come up in uh at the end of July, so hopefully I get another chance at that and uh, I mean just the only thing I can do right now is just make sure I take care of my body and get bigger and stronger so it helps me prepare for the next level
1: so is your gold medal in your dorm room right now or is it back home
2: yeah no i actually I actually have it in my drawer. Let's see. You pull pull it, out, it out. Yeah, pull it out. <laughs> give the give the
0: fans what they want, Brett. We we had uh, we've had a belt yeah, on the show. We've had like a couple of trophies shown. Like it's time for the gold medal now. oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Give it a bite. Give it a bite. <laughs> <laughs> there we, there go. we go. Nice. But, how
2: um how heavy is that? Yeah, I mean, I've shown a lot of my teammates and friends stuff. They're they're pretty surprised. So. It's, I mean, it's heavy for the, the size that it is. So I guess I mean, that's, it's it is solid gold. gold. Yeah, yeah. It's a stupid question <laughs> on my part, but
1: so we got the gold medal. We just got to get you the frozen four appearance oh, no. and
0: then the trophy. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. That would, that would be, that'd be crazy. But I mean, hopefully, hopefully you get there.
0: So some really cool stuff now too. And this probably comes like full circle for you, but your dad, who, as we talked about has been around the block, uh, just coached at Holy Cross for, I think seven seasons. It ended up being, and now with Rico Blasi, who just left um, to go take another head coaching spot, your dad slides right into that role and becomes the assistant AD for both men's and women's hockey at PC. I mean, how cool is that? Like your your dad, who has who, who's this Hockey East, you know, head coach who's been around the block, well-respected name in hockey and in Rhode Island hockey too, gets to come back while you're there, while your brother's going to be there too. Um, That must be really cool for you. Talk us through that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, once that whole situation happened, it was, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe it. It It's kind of just crazy. Um, I guess, I guess the best thing for me is that I get to see him every day now and stuff. And I've been going up to his office, just checking with him, say hi, see how his day's going. So that's, that's been really nice. And um, I think what he's most excited about is finally getting to watch me play because he's been at Holy cross and stuff. And his games are always Friday, Saturday. My games are always Friday, Saturday and stuff. Um, So like in the NTDP, you got to come out sometimes, but it wasn't too much. He was always watching over the, over the computer. Um, And then last year, my freshman year at Providence, he, uh, he was at Holy cross so he couldn't come to any games. There's no, no spectators. So um, like this year and continuing forward, he'll be able to watch me in person. Now he'll be at every game and stuff. And uh, I guess, my mom is pretty happy about that. She doesn't have to go to Holy Cross province, <laughs> go to Michigan to see my brother. So when my brother gets here, everyone will be here and that'll be uh, that'll be really special to share the moment with my brother and my dad all be in the same place, but um yeah, it's I'm really happy he's here and uh, it's it's pretty cool.
0: Niner is going to be buzzing when, yeah. when it comes back. <laughs> I was going to
1: say, you know, once his brother comes, it's going to be, that's where the, that's where the
0: fun's going to begin. The, that's the games right, are going to yeah. sell yeah. out. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to put him at the dunk again. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, on the topic of Holy Cross too, you must've felt some kind of like way when you, when you saw the Holy Cross games come up on the schedule and you're like, Oh shit, I'm playing dad this week. Like, <laughs> like, was it like, like, I don't genuinely know where to start of how I would feel if like I was playing my dad in a division one hockey game. So what was that like for you?
2: That was uh that was a really special weekend. Um, it was with NDP, and we came down and we played Providence uh, Saturday night um, right after they played Holy Cross the night before. So that was, I mean, that whole weekend was just crazy. But um, I mean, it was crazy playing against the school I was coming to the next year. All my friends, family had a lot of people there too. So I was special. uh too bad we lost in overtime, but um it's all right. And then uh Sunday played against my dad. And I mean that that was just crazy. I didn't know. I mean I just wanted to go out there and win. He was probably it was probably harder on him whether he was like trying to prepare his team to play us. He was thinking about me, he wants me to play good and stuff. <laughs> so it was probably harder on him, but I just wanted to go out there and, and beat him. But uh, um, I mean I got pretty lucky scoring two goals against him, but uh yeah, that was that was a fun weekend and uh it was it was cool to be able to share that with all my family there too. I
0: didn't even think about it from the dad perspective. Like you have to scout and like, you know, watch film and break it down and be like, all right, this kid is someone you need to watch.
2: And it's like, that's my son. Like, <laughs> that's kind of cool. That was probably, it was probably a lot harder on him getting ready for the game than me. Cause I was just focused on going <laughs> out there and having hey, your job's easier
0: right. than his is because right, yeah. you just have to go out and do your thing and beat him, Right. You have to prove him Right. You have to say like, all right, <laughs> I'm just going to use my speed and get past <laughs> everybody and score a couple of
2: times. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we got a couple of closeout
1: questions. Uh, we kind of touched upon it briefly before. Um, you're considered undersized, but your skills and IQ obviously overpower that. And that's why you're such a talented prospect. Uh, what advice do you have for other, whether it's athletes or individuals that get that label tagged onto them and uh, need to prove people wrong with, you know, their outshining skills?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess the, I guess the biggest thing I would say is that people say I'm undersized and stuff, but I, I like to use it as my advantage. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do when you're smaller that you can't do when you're big. And, um, I guess that those are, that's what I've just been trying to learn and trying to do things that I can get around opponents quicker, faster, do things that guys that are bigger than me can't. So, um, I mean, that's just something that I keep working on and practice and watching video of games and stuff. Um, so I guess that's just the biggest thing and I just block out all the noise and, just, uh, use your size as your advantage. So, um, I mean, it's gotten me to a certain point. I, hopefully it keeps, keeps pushing me to work harder and get stronger and bigger. So.
0: Yeah. That'll, I mean, definitely those, those guys are animals in the NHL as you can probably tell from what your team in the caps did a couple of days ago. So that was interesting. (laughs) Well, I now I'm curious to hear like what you think about that scenario. And obviously if you, if you can't comment anything that we'll get, we get it, we'll cut it out, but like, you Know for them to start off a game, just immediately drop, drop the, the gloves, gloves and everybody going at it like that's that doesn't happen like ever, yeah. So, I don't know what are, what are your thoughts like on when what went down with the Caps and the Rangers?
2: I mean, yeah, I wish I, wish I knew more details. <laughs> I mean, or, uh, I mean, just for me, like in a game or something, if a teammate gets ran at or gets cheap shot at, there's always your teammates always trying to get back at the guy or try to defend him. So, um, I mean. I'm sure that's why they did it. But uh Yeah. Yeah. That, for me in a game and something, if I see a teammate get ran, I mean, they're like my brothers. So if someone gets hurt, cheap shot by someone, I wanna go beat up that guy. So uh... <laughs> Yeah, you'll be able to yeah, as soon as yeah. you get to the nhl too, without getting suspended or
0: fined hopefully but we'll uh we'll refrain yeah we won't dive we won't in dive before.
1: in but staying on the topic of the nhl uh you know the playoffs are coming up we got a few more games left before uh that stanley cup race any early predictions from a fan's perspective
2: yeah i mean this year i've obviously been ruined, ruined for the rangers but i think they they've just missed the cut this year but um I don't know. I guess the two teams I would have to pick would be either the Avalanche or the Bruins. I think. Mm. I, I like team. that. I mean, hey, those those are
1: fair. Those are fair. Um, the betting yeah. favorites, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, no, that, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I'm not going to you know push the buttons anymore with the Islanders <laughs> and
0: stuff. So we'll we'll leave it at that. But those are those are some fair points. Who's a teammate like on the Rangers? Now I'm actually just thinking about this question, like. Who's a guy that you, like, when you get to the Rangers, are going to be really excited about playing? Obviously, like, all of them are going to be really cool. The fact that you get to play, like, with all these NHL guys, because you'll be an NHL guy. But, like, is there a guy or two that stands out to you that really gets you pumped up about playing with?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the two guys that I can just think of off the top of my head would just be Panarin and Zibanejad. I mean, those guys have been in the league for, for so long. and I've been watching them since I was a little kid, so however, be able to share the ice, with them, that'd be that'd be pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, so, that's that's really awesome. Um yeah, that's that's why like I don't to play with somebody that's like an idol or someone who grew up watching that must be an absurd feeling. So we'll have to <laughs> I'll have to catch you in a couple of years on that for sure. Um now comes the real fun part. The food spots in Rhode Island. Yeah. What what are the go-tos, maybe Providence, maybe somewhere in EG, maybe somewhere in Rhode Island at all? We're big food guys around here. So only right if we give you the time to shout out, like, a couple of your favorite spots.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, Providence, me, our team goes there a lot. It's Mount Fuji. It's, like, uh, oh. hibachi right off the highway. So, um, I mean, we've been I – mean, it's almost – it's, it's kind of getting bad, but it's almost once a week we go – <laughs> Oh, my God. Like I, we all love it there so that, that's a big place around here um east greenwich i think the two places i like would be blue on the water I like seafood and then uh, na is a good spot nice my family go there a lot so um yeah those three are kind of kind of my go to's
1: I also just need from a Rhode Island's perspective because I'm from New York. You're going to be in New York. Pizza is a New York thing. Mm. What is the go-to pizza place here? Like, I just need some help. I mean, I've been, <laughs> we went to Bryant, so we've been here for a couple of years and we live in Providence now, but I'm just not fine and I need more insider scoop. It's on. not doing it. Like it's just New not York doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big pizza guy. So that's I don't fine. really. Right. That's okay. That's fine.
1: That's fine. It's because it's Rhode Island pizza.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
2: don't know. I'm just. I don't know. But. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
0: we're, here we are. Like, all right, we're gonna solve it. We're gonna like, solve. I mean, Brett is gonna help us, and nothing. So thanks, man. It's all right. I'm just. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> asking the sure. Harding questions. to Rhode Island yes,
1: but. uh <laughs> oh, Brett, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. You know, where can our listeners? find you on social media, follow along in your content. And of course, you know, support whatever, uh, games you might be playing in the near future.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Those are kind of my, those are the things that I use. So, um, I mean, yeah, there, I guess, but, uh, yeah, perfect. Cool. All right. Simple. <laughs> yeah, simple, simple man. Man. Any handle
0: you want to plug? You don't remember him now? Oh, it's all good. You I don't think, have to.
2: I think they're both be underscore nine. I think. All right. Perfect. We, we won't either. fact check you on it.
0: <laughs> cool, man. Um, Brett Berard, prospect of the New York Rangers. Did I just cut you off or no? No, 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 you're good. <laughs> All right. All good. I don't, wanna, I, I don't want you to have some revelation and like, oh, shit, you found it. Um, but Brett Berard, New York Rangers prospect. Um, hopefully we get fans back in the seats at Schneider next year. That would be really cool. Um, I will definitely be there. Will, will and I used to go like the year before you got there. Friday nights didn't have much to do, like didn't feel like going out. Oh, let's grab a couple of beers and go to, uh, and go to Schneider. It was, great like, pre- it
1: was a great pregame. And the
0: fact that, well, yeah, the fact that uh, like PC serves beer at hockey games is awesome, yeah. first of all. Like just as a fan, you know, obviously not the employee part. I'm not drinking before I'm, you know, broadcasting games, but, um, but yeah, hopefully we get to see you at Schneider Arena next year, uh, carving it up in the Hockey East and bringing back some hardware to Providence. So best of luck with everything.
2: Appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. That was, that was really fun. Awesome. Take care. Yep. Thanks.
1: And that was just Brett Barard, New York Rangers prospect, Providence College friar, gold medalist. I mean, kid's living life. He did his medal in front of us. He's living his life, killing the game. I mean, that's what – see, I don't understand, and this is going to be a, a slippery slope, dark rabbit hole, but I don't understand why – people don't want to grow up and still be athletes they want to just switch to like the gaming and the content creation and all of that stuff like that gets you major celebrity props but the athlete life is living the life that is just i think that's just much more entertaining it's hard i mean nothing's easy
0: yeah but i think that's still cool it's also just so much shit has to go right like the amount of people that get cut from their teams, whether they're good or not, you know, and I'm sure Brett would agree with us. You know, it's, it's there's a luck factor in there too. Um, helps to have the right people in your corner, but the athlete life is living the life. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, that's pretty much our show. Do we have a positivity corner this week? Before we get to positivity corner though,
1: we'll talk about something a little positive in our lives it's adding supplements and vitamins to your diet. Um, Big health kick. It's, you know, you have that new year's resolution that you're trying to pretend like it's still surviving, or you notice that the summer's coming up and you need some more healthy habits. You uh, want to start taking vitamins and everyone thinks about digestion and weight loss and it's apple cider vinegar shots. Those things will help you get rid of the bloat, make you feel good, well, no one tells you that they suck. They do not taste good. They're an inconvenience to buy. It might corrode your teeth if you take too much. It is just nasty. So our friends over at Goldie Nutrition have developed this vitamin. It's a gummy vitamin, so shout out to back to those kid days. But it's apple cider vinegar gummies. Uh, two vitamins equals a shot. It has boosted immune values and helps your nutrition and digestion systems Um full of vitamin b d um, antioxidants you name it it has it and we have a special discount code for you if you want to have those vitamins added into your lifestyle to help you lose some weight or just feel better go to goalie.com and use the code the bbb pod that's t-h-e b-b-b-p-o-d for 10% off. That's the
0: BBB pod at goalie.com. I feel pretty good, like better digestive system now, honestly. With goalie, take two a day. You can take up to six too. Yeah, very and they, cool. And they
1: taste good. They taste like,
0: you know, those gummies
1: that you would have as a kid that were just packed with sugar, whether it's mott's or welchers, whatever it might be. Uh, they taste very good. So, goalie.com, the BBB pod. And Positivity Corner. We've got some vodka for Positivity (laughs) Corner. Very opposite than Goalie Gummies, but... (laughs) This is like, you want to take care of your body, then you can fuck it up with some vodka. If we're already, you know, confusing you enough on this podcast with cryptocurrencies and understanding how we don't know how that works, uh, let's go to pulling vodka from the air. Uh, We have a a winning carbon negative spirit comes from captured CO2. Interesting headline from shoutout good news network, but we're going to roll with it. So pulling vodka from the air. So there's a potential for tapping into the humidity of CO2 emissions in a cheap and free source of carbon and oxygen in a full display with air company a startup that produces premium vodka from deposited atmospheric carbon again (laughs) interesting we'll tell you more so they convert the co2 into ethanol in the same way that plants use photosynthesis okay that's
0: wild first of all continue
1: the ethanol which was originally intended for other purposes was of such high purity that they decided to make it a premium spirit so they swapped the potatoes with air um
0: (laughs) it's that simple you just use air to make vodka
1: interesting Very, very much science into it. If you are interested, you can look them up on their website and they sell the bottle for $75. It's actually at also new high-end New York City bars. So that's some good positivity, some scientific positivity, confusing positivity. I don't know, but pulling vodka from an air sounds a whole lot better than talking about gas going to $4 a gallon.
0: So yeah, they sold this bottle before the pandemic, this says. And then as soon as like a couple of weeks ago, Fast Company ran an article on them and then they're taking off again. Like I didn't know they existed. That's dope. I mean, if we're talking about things that got impacted by COVID,
1: anything manufacturing, and production, obviously, there was so much delays in shipping with you know locally sourced and grown products that hey, might as well make
0: vodka out of air. Oh man, we've got to have these guys on. That dude's fro is absurd, and he's rocking a Yankee cap. He is rocking a Yankee cap. This is so wild. Picture a guy in all white button down and a T-shirt, and then the total opposite next to him. Yeah, like this generic looking white dude, the CTO, and then a guy like with red locks and a yankee hat and a black sweatshirt that's all we need to have those guys on now greg constantine and stafford sheehan awesome names that's some pretty positive news um hope you enjoyed our interview with brett berard we've got a lot more beer um that we've recorded we've got some more crypto interviews that we've recorded so stay tuned and that's all we've got for this week until next time that's will and i am jake so long take it easy